Hey, Giant fans, welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. You can just feel the enthusiasm in my voice, can't you? My name is Jerry Foley. I am the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And with me, as always, and unfortunately was at the debacle, the titanic collapse at the Meadowlands yesterday, is Chris Bizignano, the beat writer for the Giant Insider. And Chris, the best way to put this is if it was a heavyweight fight, uh, they would have called it in probably the third round. I've never... Um, I haven't seen a team in a long time uh, just completely dominate another one like this. I mean, I walked outside yesterday morning, and when it was windy and rainy, I didn't feel good about the game. And I, I thought to myself, when's the last time the Giants won a game in that kind of weather? Like, we're a Northeast team. We should, we should relish those types of days. And, I mean, from the start, um, you know, most of that game was 7 nothing, and it felt like 40 to nothing. man. I, I, they got their butts kicked up and down that field yesterday, pal. Yeah, yeah. It just you know they got dominated on both sides of the ball. Not much, not much more you could say about it. They got whipped up. Uh, Titans were a way more physical team. They dominated the their offensive line dominated. Their defensive line dominated. Um, Giants couldn't throw the ball. They couldn't run it. Listen, it was just an old it was an old fashioned beatdown. I mean, you know, it was seventeen nothing, but it felt like it was way more than that, right, Jerry? If, even the whole game, even it was seven nothing. It felt like it was like twenty one nothing. You know, um, yeah. You just kind of got got the sense that the Giants weren't going to score much um, <clears throat> as soon as Saquon was taken out of the game. That was basically about it. Um, not much more you could say. You know, you can't. There's no need to overanalyze this, break it down, this, that, boop, boop, boop. They got beat up pretty good. Eli didn't play well. Receivers dropped balls. They didn't block a front. And not much more you could say, my friend. And I, I like to quote John McKay a lot, uh, the old coach of the Buccaneers, because he was way ahead of his time in press conferences. And he said once, well, we didn't block, but we made up for it by not tackling. And <laughs> I yeah. mean, if you watch the – anyone watch that game, uh, I mean, from, from start to finish, they stunk. But the tackling, just when you thought, eh, they're not going to miss Landon Collins too much. Holy cow. I've never mm-hmm. seen anything like that in my life. I've never seen defensive backs just completely just bowled over by uh, a really a bigger team. I mean, it was almost like watching Brandon Jacobs run through people uh, years ago, except unfortunately uh, we were on the receiving end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up Eli um, and a lot of the Twitter followers, a lot of Giant fans, um, you know, they, they defend him to the ends of the earth. And, and let me just say, I've said it before, I will say it again. I've never been to Canton, Ohio. And when Eli goes, I'll, I'm going. I want to watch him go in the Hall of Fame. He's a class act. We talked right. about what he did with you with the kid, um, right. uh, Dalton, uh, sorry, uh, Dalton, last week where he sent the video. He's a class act of a human being. Mm-hmm. Brought two championships. And anybody who says that the defense drugged them there, that they didn't watch it. They didn't watch the playoffs. Eli was incredible in both playoff oh, yeah. runs, especially in 2011. Yep. Um, but... If you watched that game yesterday and you came away thinking that the Giants don't have a quarterback issue, I can't help you. I know they threw the ball too much. You, we'll, we'll talk about Shermer. But the ball was wet for both teams. Now, Mariota didn't have to throw it much. But did you see a guy on the other team struggling the way Eli was? He was backing out of passes when there wasn't a rush. And yes, the line was not good yesterday. But he was throwing off his back foot. The turnovers were ridiculous that he threw yesterday. And when fans say, "What's there? Is there a better option? Guys, he's 37. 
He still gives you the mind-numbing interceptions and the mind-numbing plays. Mm -hmm. His arm is getting weaker. You can see it. If you don't think there's a better option, then I don't. I can't help you. I, you're. I think you're insane because there has to be a better option right now at this stage of his career. So this whole thing's not going to be about Eli Manning. But if you think he wasn't a reason as to why they lost, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, he contributed to the loss. No question about it. It was. It was a team effort. Oh, yes. Jerry, uh, is a lot of frustration because. Listen, Eli. We'll go through stretches where he plays great. He'll go through stretches where he doesn't play great, you know, and, and he always seems to have a stinker at the end of the year. I guess this was it yesterday. Was it all his fault? No, but he definitely contributed. You, you can't be in a plus territory and throw a horrific interception. You can't be deep in your territory and have a stupid fumble like that way, you know, and, and you know, you, get, you have to take the sack there. This isn't a rookie. This isn't Lamar Jackson playing. He's just getting his feet wet. This is a 15-year veteran. And two, two out of the last three weeks, those were some of the, that was some of the worst turnovers I've ever seen where it looked like he threw the ball with two hands two out of the last three weeks. I mean, come on. You're 37 years old. Take the sack. And, Chris, the, the, the worst part about that second mm-hmm. one was he did it after the first. So we, he threw the interception. The Giants are driving. It's 7-0. He throws the the interception, right? Yeah. I think, oh, here we go. It felt just like the Eagle game where an interception takes any momentum they have completely out of it. The giant defense for all of their awful tackling stopped them, made the Titans punt. That next fumble, whatever you want to call it, two-handed interception, fumble, flick of the wrist. I don't even know what the hell to call it. That happened after that, that after the Giants stopped them. So the defense, as bad as they played, had them in the game with, I don't know, seven minutes to go. So yep. look, man, we're going to go through everything, but I just want to address Twitter followers, giant fans everywhere. I love you. I, 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 I'm a huge Eli Manning fan. I am. He was on my Christmas card one year because I was fortunate enough to have my kids go to camp with him where he took a picture with him and it was Merry Christmas from the Foley's and Eli Manning, <laughs> but it's over guys. It's over if you think, mean, I don't want to keep going off on it, but they have to move on next year. Well, it's a very valid point, Jerry. Uh, um, you know, Eli has to have everything go right for him to succeed. You know, uh, this isn't the 2011 San Francisco playoff game where he's in a pocket and he's getting a beating and still making throws downfield. Right. And if anybody, if anybody could honestly say they still see that in Eli Manning now, or they can honestly see that they see Eli's vertical game like he had when he was younger. Where that was a big part of his game, right? He was one of the best downfield throwers. Best, one of the best in, in the league. The game. Yep. Now, if anybody could say, tell me, I see some people on Twitter, you know, tell me he hasn't lost any zip at his fastball and he still has that vertical game. If anybody could honestly say that, then guys and girls, you're not watching the same game. The rest of the NFL is watching. Okay, he he. For he, listen, Jerry, if he has an offensive line that could give him all the time in the world, and Saquon's doing his thing, can he still be successful in this league? Yeah, but that's a perfect case scenario. Yeah. So, so the real quick, Chris, the argument is he needs the '93 Dallas Cowboy offensive line. Right. He needs right. on one side he needs Odell, oh, on the other side like he, he needs yeah. he needs Randy Moss circa 1998. <laughs> Then he right. needs Kellen Winslow from 82 or, or 79, Saquon Barkley, 
and Tom Rathman at fullback. But then, guys, right. then it's perfect. Then he can succeed. Uh, his, right. You're right. Yeah, listen, Jerry. Here's the thing is that, first of all, we don't have a team like that and probably won't next year. And number two, you know, are you going to get that 10 times for, in a season where you get 10 wins or 11 wins to get you in the playoffs? Right. I don't see that. I might see it two or three times from Eli during the course of the season or four times like it's happened a few times this year where everything falls into place. The other right. team's beat up. Saquon's running over. But you're not going to get that 11 times. We don't have that type of team, Jerry. Right. You know, and I hate to say it because, you know, it's, it's the Eagles. But you look what the Eagles offensive line did last year. And even when you looked at what they did last last night, they didn't yep. give up any sacks to Donald. Uh, you know, but we don't have that type of personnel, right. you know, and Eli needs that to succeed. This is not the younger Eli Manning where he could take a beat and throw touchdowns. And if anybody thinks they still see the 2011 Eli or 2010, 2009 Eli, guys, you're just putting blinders on. I'm sorry. Now, I'm not blaming Eli for everything. You know, it's a whole team thing. All I'm saying is that it has to be a perfect will for Eli to s- succeed. And, you know, yeah, it's I, just I, not there. Yeah, I'll finish it with two things. One, I am totally with every Giant fan who says that Manning was screwed out of the last five to six years because oh, I, of the offensive line. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's 2018. He's 37. And another thing, Giant fans, are you really going to pay $23 million to this quarterback next year when you can save 17 by <laughs> trading or cutting him? I mean – if you tell me you're going to do that, if the Giants do that going forward, if the Giants look at that contract and say, yeah, we're, we're, this is our best option, $23 million to, to Eli Manning at age 38, I, I, they're going to have another losing season. Then, and it's then very it tells possible. Me, then, and it tells me that they're playing for, for Tua in two years. Jerry, and it's very possible that's going to happen next year. All right. Well, you know what? Let's... I'm just t- – Jerry, you know, listen. I've been saying this, but <laughs> I know. You're right. You're right. And I, and listen, I'm not saying – a, it's definite, and B, you have to agree with it. I'm just telling you, my yep. friend. Yep. And you know how I feel about this, and I, you know, you know, I have, I talk to people in that building. It's very, very possible that they feel that you know we could do some things with the offensive line. We got, we got a dynamic Barkley, and we could get another year out of Eli. That's all I'm saying, Jerry. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think it is a possibility. I'm just saying, if they're going to do it, they should think, uh, yeah. <laughs> think long enough. I don't know. Hey, let's let's. Jerry Phil, Jerry Phil Sims thinks not only next year he's. Phil Sims thinks 2020 also. Yeah, and I don't know how Phil Sims can. I love Phil Sims wears jersey on Sundays. I don't know how he can say that when so much can change in a week, let alone two years. And, I mean, and, and Jerry, can, can I just make one quick point? Yeah, go ahead. and then we'll move on. I'm sorry to interrupt you, man, but, but listen, you know, I was there every day this year, and in training camp back in July and uh, August, Eli had a real good zip on on his fastball. He he was throwing the ball well, but this is what happens, Jerry, to you know, all the guys. As the season moves along, like a pitcher in baseball, a lot of times you start losing some of that velocity. And, you know, to people say you can't throw in the rain, I don't know what that means, you can't throw in the rain. You you can, you can still throw a zip in the rain. Why? Because you can't grip a ball? Of course you can grip a ball. That's why they drive for it. You never saw Tom Brady, you never saw guys have 300-yard games in the rain? Are you kidding me? No, I, 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 mean, it's, it's, I it's, see it. It's, it's I if, see it. It's as if yeah. it only rained really hard when Ant Manning was on the field. I, I see it, Jerry. I see it every day with him. He doesn't have the same arm strength now as he did back in July, and then the same thing will happen next year. And if anybody thinks he still has that real good arm right now, you just an Eli. You know, you just got the blinders on, and you're, and you're an Eli apologist. It's not reality. I'm sorry. 
All right, let's let's get off Eli because I think half the people probably just stop listening because they can't handle the you can't handle the truth. But anyway, um, <laughs> hey guys, look, good news. We're gonna go to Pat Shermer now, and on a day on a day when they couldn't run the ball and it was clear that they were clearly struggling passing it, he decided to chuck it up forty four times. And uh, Chris, I don't know what the answer is here. I, I've kind of gone back and forth in my head with this one because. Saquon couldn't run, so at that point, what do you do, right? Like, what's the next thing? We tried screen passes, and uh, you called out one that Evan Ingram was open and would have had about 40 yards to run, and Eli sailed it 30 feet over his head. So, yeah. Oh, it was the rain. I mean, what's, what's, the, what's the answer here, bud? Like, you tell me, because I don't know. I mean, do you, do you keep running the ball with, with Saquon? I would, if I had to, a gun to my head, make that decision, I say you got to give it to Saquon more than they did yesterday, even if you're not, even if you're not um, having success, because yeah. the score is only 7 nothing. Yeah, listen, they threw the ball 17 times in the fourth quarter, Jerry. That's true. When they were down by 17. The numbers are a little skewed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they threw it three or four or five times before the first half ended to try to get something going there. So, you know, I know right away, you see that today. Oh, why did Sherman throw the ball for? I mean, they, Jerry, they tried running the ball yeah. first. It wasn't there. Sherman said, we got to try. To, it wasn't there, Jerry. They were not going to run the ball yesterday. Yeah. The Titans manhandled the Giants up front. They did. Yeah. And, I mean, they, and they, Sherman they, threw the yeah. ball. He was trying to throw it because when you can't run it, you got to try to throw it to loosen them up a little bit. But, you know, they couldn't throw it either. I mean, they missed Odell. When you have a guy like Odell out of the lineup, he is missed. I, I, you know, which which is kind of poke fun at, at another theory last oh, week. Oh, the argument like, about we really Odell. Need yeah, Odell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, we're not a bad offense on that Odell. You know, we like to do this. Okay, I mean that put that to rest. Yeah. If people don't think we need Landon Collins, Derrick Henry running all over our faces kind of put that to rest yesterday. <laughs> okay, so Sherman tried to throw it. We weren't running it. Sherman tried to loosen it up a little bit. The numbers are a little skewed. They threw the ball 100 times in the fourth quarter because we were down by a lot. Yeah. Okay, they threw a lot before the second. So it wasn't as bad as it appeared. But, I, you know, sometimes, guys, it's about execution, too. I mean, I, you know, I mean, Sherman, every loss is, you know, oh, Sherman threw it too much. Oh, he didn't run it as much. Oh, yeah, you're listen, right. Saquon, yeah, that's right. Saquon had 14 carries for 31 yards. Yeah. And, okay. one, and one of them went 17. So it would have been 13 for 14 if right. not for that one run. Right. My, I mean, Mike Vrabel, they all came out and said, we will not going to let Barkley beat us. Of course, that doesn't mean they were going to do it. Yesterday, they did it. They were manhandled up front. They were a better team. The Titans showed different looks now. All right, this came out of the locker room. Sherman could deny it all he wants, but some players have said it. They showed a couple of different looks the Giants really weren't ready for. They really adjust quick enough, kind of fooled them some players, some formations up front, what they were doing. Yeah. I'm not going to mention names, but that came out of the locker room. Yep. And they're just a bad day all around. Plus, they, you know, th- th- listen, Jerry, you got to beat the guy in front of you. They didn't. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's and games got, where man. you just they got get whipped, Jerry. There's games where you just get your butt kicked, and it's as simple as they that. Got and, butt kicked. and that's kind of what happened here. I mean, it's, yeah, you tweeted it. It's not much to analyze. He just got yeah. murdered. But for, uh, I, I mean, absolutely, Jerry, folks, if you think Saquon's going to rush for 160 yards every game, it's not going to happen. So that's when you need your quarterback to win a game for you, right? When, nothing, when one part of the game is not going, the offense is not going like the running game, the quarterback has to step up. The receiver's got to catch the ball. Guy's got to get open. You guys got to hit him the whole deal. It didn't one, work yesterday. One thing I'll ask you about with Sharmer is he used both challenges in the first quarter. Now, 
I actually think he should have won both of them. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the buffoons on TV were saying, well, you can't tell if his heel's down. I mean, if, to, to just, I was, I thought my, I thought my head was going to explode. I think it was Bruce Arians. Well, you can't tell if his heel's really down out of bounds. I'm like, you, you could almost see the, the, the blades of the, of the turf hitting him. Um, but he was challenging really for like a matter of 10 yards. I just thought it was a yeah, weird challenge. Right. Yep. I thought it was a weird challenge to make that early, especially when he just yeah. had one. It's almost yeah. like one, sometimes you wonder with Sherman, I, I, I like him. But do you know the rules here? Because if you lose this one, you don't yep. get another one. The, you're right. Uh, listen, I tweeted that right afterwards. You know, um, he, he clearly was out of bounds. Sherman was right, Jerry. He was right. But like yeah. you said, was the risk reward the whole act, right? I mean, was it worth it? Right. Because, all right, even if you win that, you, you're going back nine yards. Yeah. It wasn't a crucial part of the game. It wasn't a big first down or something like that. You understand? Um, so what happens if they look up at a booth, you know, the NFL, whatever buffoons are looking at the replay, are saying to themselves, oh, no, oh, no, he was in bounds. He wasn't out of bounds. God help me, what buffoon? was looking at that replay. But this is the world of the NFL. You don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, how come, it's run how come, by why, did, why does the NHL get it so right? Why does the NHL get it? I mean, Because they got competent men in Toronto. Oh my That's God. why. Do we have to, so we do, have to, what, do you have to shift the headquarters to Toronto then? I, I don't know, Jerry, but they have competent men in Toronto. They have buffoons on Park Avenue. <laughs> All right? Oh it's run God. by a buffoon, the league. Well, but, but, the investigators are buffoons. But then the, the there's people, also three more of them in the announce booth saying, oh, I don't know if his heel hit. Right. But getting back to the point, okay, <laughs> you had the head of referees was a bartender at one time. Now you got another head of referees, Alberto, Alberto Riveron, whatever his name is. <laughs> He's probably, I don't know what he was. So this is what you got running the league and reviews. But getting back to the point, Jerry, is that no, it wasn't really wasn't worth it because if they did come back and say, no, nah, no. Nah, you know, he was in balance. Like, it happened, right? Yep. Now you lose the challenge for the rest of the game. And the point being, was it really worth it for nine yards? No. No. So it wasn't a smart move by Sherma. Okay? This, the Giant Insider podcast, the Giant Insider newspaper and Twitter account, we don't Monday morning quarterback. We don't say, oh, it was a good move if it, if it worked out. Right. No. It was not a good move beforehand. I'm sorry to get it out of Twitter quick, quick enough. But I was told we were all in a booth saying, is it really worth the challenge? It really wasn't. So before we go to the defense, we'll name two positive things that happened. Uh, and I had to stretch for him when we wrote the, the, the post game. One was Evan Ingram. I mean, this is kind of what you expected from him this year where he catches the ball and he's really explosive. And we've seen it the last few weeks. He's a, a Jordan Reed type. And, and anybody who keeps saying switch him to wide receiver, he doesn't have a quick first step. Like when you're, it's not just as simple as, oh, yeah, he can play wide receiver now because he's tall yeah. and runs a 4 4 40. He doesn't have the, the, the moves for that. He's a big guy. Uh, he he kind of runs like a tight end, but he's a very fast one. So he's going to stay a tight end, maybe H back next year. But I, I was kind of happy with what I saw from him. And it, it looks, it's good to see him gaining confidence with his uh, pass receptions. Yeah, and he hasn't dropped the ball in a while, right? No, he hasn't. I mean, he's he's been pretty short-handed the last you know the last three four I mean, games. Yesterday it was eight catches for seventy-five yards, and and they weren't all in garbage time. I mean, they were earlier in the game. No, and, and yeah. one, one of, he should have had another catch, but uh, you know he wasn't seen in the end zone wide open. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, by, by the way, the screen pass. Oh my god. I was just going to say, actually, the screen pass had a, had the potential for a big play. He was wide open at the end of the game. He had separation on, I believe it was Logan Ryan. He had separation on him, and Eli threw it in the back of the defender's helmet. You know, so cool. You know, it was awful, but you know, anyone was a bright spot, no question about. It. You know what, Jerry? He's finishing the season strong. Yeah, he is, and and um, I'm glad for him because you interviewed him early on. He did an interview for us. A nice kid, a good kid, a lot of talent. Talented just, kid, but I yeah, just want him to be able to. Uh, kind of keep it going and the other thing was uh riley dixon who was our uh premier player yesterday when he bobbled the uh the punt and took off for 14 yeah. yards i said riley yeah. dixon is such an upgrade over brad wing in every aspect of the game yeah it was pretty funny i actually thought maybe that was designed at first and then no it wasn't he dropped it and he kind of bobbled that snap like the ass it was a good snap like the ass. he just bobbled it and he looked up and he saw every, <laughs> he saw every titan jerry turned around and just Went into punk coverage. It was funny. Not even one guy even looked back at Dixon, and he ran off for the 15 yards wherever he got. So, eh, you know, listen, it worked out. It was a smart play by Riley. He saw nobody was coming, you know, leaving, looking at him, and and he took off, and that was one of the few bright spots. And, of course, we didn't score on that drive anyway. <laughs> That's right. In fact, not only did we not score, Chris, they didn't move. <laughs> it was no. it ended up being third and ten, and then I think he got sacked. So yeah. uh, Riley Dixon kind of brought life back to the offense and we did nothing. So, yeah. Um, all right. Defense. Let's go. So uh, completely blown all over the field, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. you know, seven, nothing still. I just, I couldn't get past the score. I'm like, hey, it's yeah, it's half time. It's seven, nothing. And then into the third Manning was driving and then he threw the, uh, the interception where he uh, stared down Russell Shepard and, uh, the safety, Bayard or Baird, whatever his name is, he didn't look inside the Sterling. He stayed outside with Russell, made the easy pick. Um, and then we had the, uh, you know, the the two-handed pass or the switch left-handed mm-hmm. pass or the fumble or whatever the hell you want to call it. But the defense, um, <clears throat> for as many tackles as they missed, they had him in the game. And then, you know, it just, this is this, is this team now. Like, they make a fourth down stop and... and and Morrow uh, grabs Mariota's face mask. Like, you know, it could have been 10 nothing there. And the offense wasn't moving. But, you know, it was still a game. But, I mean, my God, the the, the missed tackles, Chris. I, I know you, you pointed them out. Uh, Ogletree got lambasted by Mariota, uh, which was embarrassing. Yeah. And it just, you know, there's guys that we don't expect to do well. Like, like Curtis Riley continues to be awful. Um, B.W. Webb had a bad game. He's been pretty yeah. decent for them. But like Ogletree, the line, but Goodson had nine tackles, but they were all downfield. So Ogletree regressed one game. It's one game, but they they need, one thing is clear. They need an upgrade at about probably four positions on defense next year. Yeah, listen, you know, you watch what happened, you know, against Derrick Henry. And it was missed tackles, no question. I, I counted at least three for Curtis Riley. Um, so there was missed tackle, but the, it was a lot of the gap reach. So Chris, the ones that you count, are they the ones where he takes bad angles and completely misses too? Because then it's like seven or eight. Oh, well, I'm not even counting the bad angles. I'm just counting out and out misses, you know, <laughs> missed tackles. But, you know, Derrick Henry, you know, there was a lot of edge, bad edge contained by the linebackers when Henry kicked it out a few times, you yeah. know. Yep. Um, cause he, cause he's quick on his feet that Derrick Henry, you know, he's a beast. He's a big boy, but he's quick on his feet. He could, you, as everybody saw yesterday, if you didn't know much about Derrick Henry from Alabama and yesterday, you saw yesterday, he's quick that, that big boy, you know, and he kicked it out a few times. 
He waited at the line a few times for patient and then let the hole develop, which did. But, Jerry, our, our inside backers, linebackers, Goodson, and especially Ogletree, um, they just they just take the wrong gap reads too many times. How does, and, how does Ogletree do that? Like, I would expect that from Goodson because – because he's seen... not a good run stopping inside linebacker, yeah, Jerry. Good answer. We, I was going to say we, just... haven't, we haven't seen much from Goodson in the years he's been here, so I don't expect mm-hmm. to start seeing it. But Ogletree well, was more surprising. Uh, yeah, he's just listen. He's just not a good run inside linebacker uh, defender. You know, uh, Goodson is more around the ball. Like you said, he made some tackles down the field. You know, Goodson had nine tackles. A lot of it was six, seven yards down the field. I, I understand that, but you know, when you and then they land in Collins factor was huge yeah it was because landon's around that edge landon's in that box you know and they didn't have the essay mike thomas god bless his heart he's not landon collins when it comes to run support you know but he didn't look bad he wasn't one of the guys no no i'm not saying mike looked bad i'm just saying he's not a landon collins you know what i mean because now when you got a guy like derrick henry now you got you got a guy that's built like him and landed in that box you know what i mean yeah so, uh, you know, so Mike did some things, Thomas, you know, but he's just not a run stopper like Landon. And then Curtis Riley, forget about that. He he took so many wrong reads yesterday, and then he missed tackles when he did have a chance for a tackle. So that wasn't there. Um, Olivier Vernon was dominated by Taylor uh, Lewan yesterday, not totally. And, I, you know, Dalvin Thomas's and B.J. Hills, they were, they were just beat up yesterday, Jerry. Yesterday, yeah. was, yesterday they missed snacks <coughs> and Landon big time. Yeah, I mean, B.J. Hill's going to hit a rookie wall. It is what it is. He's been a great pickup in the draft. I'm okay, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. He's a good player, Jerry. But Olivier Vernon, I mean, he, it's every other week where one week I'm like, all right, he looks good. We should probably keep him. And then yesterday you're like, oh, my God. Was he even interested? I um, Look, there were, there were a couple times yesterday it just looked like guys were making some business decisions, unfortunately. And I don't know, man. He just looked completely out of sorts. Then he got the horrible personal foul penalty. Um, I just, I know that was frustration. It was towards the end of the game, but you just hey, you can't do that. Expect more from these guys, man. Especially when you're making that much money. It's just, it is what yeah. it is. You know, you're supposed to be our premier pass rusher. Yeah. And I know he was hurt earlier. I get it, but that was a, that was a yeah. bad performance, but, um, Oh, one of many on that side of the ball. Although one bright spot, Jerry, that I am noticing, uh, Kareem Martin's play has really picked up the last three games. So yeah, I think he had I'm nine, happy. nine tackles as well. Yeah, he, he's been very active, Jerry. So I'm happy to see him finishing strong, uh, you know, heading into next year. Because, because, because at the beginning of the year, Jerry, I wanted him cut. I yeah. wanted him gone. I was like, what is this guy doing out there, you know? Yeah. But he's finishing strong. Uh, you know, Betcha had a little talk with him, Jerry. Yeah, a little chat with him. Basically... Telling him, "Hey, my man, you better pick this up." I'm sure some <laughs> of that was. Be... I'm sure some of that too was. I vouched for you because <laughs> he came over. From well, Arizona. I'm sure <laughs> you're right. You know, so you know, and he kind of ever since Betcha about three weeks ago had that talk with Martin. He's been a different player. He's played. He's played well. But listen, it just you know, just not. It wasn't just an OV. A lot of guys just got whipped up yesterday. Um, fans are asking, so I'll ask it too. I mean. W- why is Curtis Riley still out there? Like, I, I'm not I, – I know that he knows the defense, but he just looks so bad so many – so often. I just don't know why you wouldn't try almost anyone else at this point because there's two games left. Um, you have to start getting a, a look at some of the younger guys, and they've been mixing people in and out. Sean Chandler's been in. Uh, he he has, I think he could have a spot on this team next year and in a reserve role. 
Uh, Mike Thomas, love what he brings to the table. I don't know, man. I, I just, I just, when I see a guy like Curtis Riley, it's like when CC Brown was here. I, I don't see much difference in either one of them. And you think, I mean, can't we just? Isn't there a, I don't know, a, a safety on our practice squad that we can give a shot to? Here? Nah, that's just, that's the sad part. There really isn't, Jerry. Oh my god. Uh, I don't know. I guess you could throw Chandler. We'll see what they do the last two games. But Riley's been there from day one. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's just not that good, but. You know, they, they've been keeping them in there, man. I, it's just, I guess they just feel like there's nobody else, Jerry. I, I, that's, all I could, that's all I could come you know, come up with. Yeah, I mean, I look at this defense and I think, you know, next season they need a premier pass rusher. That, that'll probably come from the draft. And, um, you know, I'm going to go on record now. Uh, I'm going to put it out there now that <laughs> if the Giants don't go quarterback, I, I, I think there's a draft pick that is so easy for them to make. I think they probably have it penned in now. Uh Zach Allen from Boston College, the defensive end, who, uh, I mean, the Maris can't help themselves when it comes to Boston College. Yeah, Half the yeah. family went there. I just see yep. that he's a, he's a top 10, top 15 pick. If the Giants are picking eight or nine and they don't go quarterback and he's there, that's the pick, guys, I think. But anyway, um, you, know, you, you look at the team and you say, well, they need a premier pass rusher. They probably need two linebackers, uh, a corner, a safety. Uh, you know, they, they need a lot of help, man. I, I They're not. They're a weird team, this this Giants team. They really are because they're so good in some spots and in others they're just completely depleted. And this is what happens when you turn over the roster of 30-plus people. But I would say they need – I wouldn't surprise me if there's five or – there's four or five new starters on defense next year. Yeah, this is what happens when you don't draft well for the oh, last yeah. seven years. Yeah. You know, this is what happens. You have to turn over the roster. And there's, what, 13 guys from last year? You know, so, yeah. Uh, um. As far as defense, yeah, listen, that, you're, and you're saying the safety, that's if Landon comes back. Oh, right, yeah. Right? You, we don't even know what's going on, what's going to happen with Landon yet, you know? Um, I mean, personally, I you know, I think you're with me on Jerry. I, I feel he will be back, but you don't know, right? You don't know. Um, yeah, so listen, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with Jenkins, right? He's a big salary cap next year. You don't know what's going to happen with him, so you might need two corners. I mean, you know, listen, this kid Beal – is going to get a shot, but we don't know much about Beal. We don't know if he's going to be able oh, to God. start. Giant fans are talking about Sam Beal like he's uh, yeah, like he's Patrick like, Peterson. I mean, to leave. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we don't know what Beal is yet, right? right? And, yeah. and, and Jerry, I hate to say it, man. I, I was with Sam Beal a few times talking to him. He, he's not a big kid, man. He's a thin, you know, he's just a, you know, he's kind of tall, but he's thin, man. You know, he's not a big kid. You know, so we don't. You don't – I'm sorry. He's not a wide kid. He's thin. You know, he's tall. Right. He's pretty tall, but he's not, you know, wide. Yeah, so, you, listen, we don't even know what he could do. Right. right. Yeah, he was good in college, and, we, you know, we spent the th- uh, three on him, the whole deal, but you don't know what he's going to turn out. I mean, if I had to kid, guess so. now, and it's pure speculation, I would guess Jack Rabbit comes back and, and Vernon goes. Um. Yeah, it's a very good possibility. Uh, Olivier had a couple good games as well. He's been invisible a few games. Um, so, yeah, that's possible, man. Right, one, one, possible. one more thing about the offense. Kyle Aletta is, is not starting this week. He was degraded, uh, de- down, downgraded or degraded, whatever, to the third mm-hmm. spot. Um, you know, you've made the point that the organization probably doesn't look at him very highly. What's the point in not looking at him at this point, Chris? I mean, I, I, know, I know he came into the Redskins game, went 0 for 5 and looked terrible, but... Is that just a clear indication? Like, all right, he's probably gone next year. He's mm-hmm. we're definitely not going. To, he's not part of the future because if he was, 
I would have to think he was starting these last two games, or, or at least one of all them. these. All these, Jerry. If he's not active Sunday, it's that over. is that is the telltale the telltale sign. And and why why he, do you, why do you think that is though? Because he's a fourth round draft pick, Jerry. They're out of the playoffs. All right, if you want to play Eli a little bit, you know, but you can't. No, no, but I mean, what, I'm sorry. I mean, why do you think he's not active? Because he just has not grasped this NFL game. Okay. He has not made progress. Listen, Jerry, I'm only there in the media part, which is like 15 minutes, okay? And then they start game planning. They do the scout team and all that. I don't see that, okay? This isn't like training camp where I'm in a whole practice. So after media leaves, Jerry, you know, they start doing their practice. I mean, he could have had a terrible week. This week, he might have looked like a buffoon. Where, where, where Sherman said, hey, we still got a playoff shot, so God forbid something happens to Eli, I got to get Tanny in there because he looks better than this buffoon. You know what I mean? That's yep. the only I can think of. So now now we're out of the playoffs officially, right? Yep. Uh, so you hear that buffoon crew? We're out of the playoffs officially. <laughs> so now if he's not active this week, even if he looks like crap this week in practice, he's still a fourth-round pick. Tanny's not the future. We know that. So if he's inactive again, where you know what I mean, even if he's he's behind, he doesn't look too, too good in practice and all that, you still get him in there, right? You just still want to see, get him some more reps and see, you know, a little bit more from the kid. Yeah. And so if he's inactive, Jerry, these last two games, if he does, if he doesn't see any action against the Colts and especially the last game against Dallas, yeah. To me, that is the right. Me personally, Jerry, you know how I feel. I think the writing's on a wall anyway. Yeah, you but you, it will definitely, definitely be on the wall if no Loletta. And he was asked, Sherman was asked about Loletta today, and you think he'll be active Sunday. And right away, Sherman's like, I don't know, we'll see. Not like, yeah, well, you know, we're going to take a look at him more, but no, we'll see. That's what he gave last week, and he wasn't active. So, listen, I, I, I just don't think they're, you know, high in the kid. And if he's not active Sunday against the Colts, and I don't, I don't see him here, Jerry. All right, buddy. Uh, favorite part of the week for us, uh, we name our buffoons of the week. Uh, I will let you go first, my friend. This is really your award, and I will let you. Uh, okay. Take here. Well, this is going to be a, once again, everybody. This is real tight between Jerry's friends, the buffoon crew, <laughs> who you know were kind of running with that the Giants could still make the playoffs. Yes. That is now over. Right. And. Our favorite, Stephen A. Smith yes. of ESPN. That's a good choice. Who <laughs> previewed the Chiefs-Charger game and said he was looking forward to the Hunter Henry-Derek Johnson matchup. The tight end for the Chargers, the inside linebacker for the Chiefs. Neither of them. Well, one, Derek Johnson's not even on a team. He was on a Raiders beginning of the year. He's not even a football and Hunter Henry hasn't played a snap. He was an IR in training camp. So I know it's a tough one, Jerry, between the buffoon crew and Stephen A. Smith, but my choice is Stephen A. Smith, who made an absolute buffoon out of himself in front of the nation. Yeah, and Teddy Teddy Bruschi's face is now like a, not a GIF, but a, an avatar for a lot of uh, for a lot of Twitter accounts. Right. Uh, Pro Football Talk, I think, uses it as their uh, their main avatar now. So it's pretty funny. Right. Looked like he swallowed sour milk when he was talking about Derek Johnson. Even Max Kellerman was like, almost like, "Oh my God, dude, please stop talking because you're embarrassing talking. yourself." Yeah. Now the excuse is he's a basketball guy, so whatever. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. 
So. Oh, okay. Anyway, so uh, mine is simple, Chris. You kind of named it already. Um, proud member of the buffoon crew, uh, and I will grant my, I, I will give myself the name of the the grand poobah of the buffoon crew. So all of us, every giant fan uh, on earth who thought that we had a shot. I mean, I started watching the games yesterday. I had <clears throat> I tweeted at five TVs going because I'm in a buffoon. I'm an idiot, and I had uh, the Vikings game on. I think the Bucks game on. Um, the Falcons were on, but that was just because it was the only other game. Uh, there were a couple others early at one o'clock that we need. Oh, the the Packers Bears, which actually went our way. So I was watching the Viking game and I saw that they went up like twenty-one nothing right away, and the Giants were seven nothing, and then the, the Dolphins started coming back, and I just thought, you know, we could do this. Let's do this. Come on. And at the end of the day. What is it? Five out of six losing seasons. The last time I made the playoffs was 2011. Six out of seven, bud. Ladies and gentlemen. Well, five out of six losing. We were nine and seven in 2012. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So there you go. There's that. Um, uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I gladly name myself, my buddies in the buffoon crew, um, as the <laughs> buffoons of the week because we're all idiots. Every giant fan who thought we had a shot is an idiot. I, I I apologize for getting anyone's hopes up if you didn't have them up already. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's that, buddy. Uh, I'm uh, congratulations. Yeah, no, it's it feels good. It feels good to, to kind of get that out there. So uh, yeah, that's uh, and, that's all I got, pal. All right, and uh, you know, just a quick look ahead. I know we're coming back on Thursday night, but just a quick. You want to see how you stop the run, and you want to see how you do this and that. Just check out this kid on a cold Sunday, Darius Leonard. We'll get into that more, you know, Thursday night when we preview the Colts. But this is what I mean about drafting, my friend. Okay, there's a Colt team that went from they couldn't stop anybody. Remember the Jet game early in the year? The Jets were all over them. Yep. Not a shutting out the Cowboys. Why? Because their draft picks have flourished and they have I, one of the I best. Shudder, I shudder to think of what Quentin Nelson will do to our defensive line next week. Quentin. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious, man. Yeah. When he rolls out yeah. when he, when he, uh, when he pulls, Oh my God. Oh my well, God. Well, listen, you know, they, they ran the ball down Dallas's throats yesterday with Milton Mack. And I expect them after looking at this tape <laughs> of yesterday's game, I'm sure Frank Reich's thinking, Oh yeah, we're going to do the same thing to them. You know, I know it's not Derek Henry, but Mack's a good back and, and their offensive line is playing really well. So, But listen, Chris Ballard over there, the new GM of the Colts, had a great first draft. The Jets really helped him out. They gave him the two number twos, whatever they gave him. And they've turned into phenomenal players. So, But this is what happens when you draft well. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna stop saying and say, oh, it's getting old, Chris. Stop saying about, you know, the recent draft. Well, this is the, this is the reason why we're in this mess, my friend. Yeah, good for the Colts. I'm so happy for them. Anyway, Chris, great job as always. All right, guys. Be sure to order your copy of the Giant Insider newspaper. Go to www.thegiantinsider.com or visit magster.com for a digital subscription. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R.com. Yearly subscriptions are $39.95 for paper copies, and the digital version is only $17 for a yearly subscription. This week's is extremely snarky, so if you see it out on newsstands, I suggest you pick it up. Our next podcast will drop uh, later in the night at, on Thursday. Um, probably not at 8. I have something to do. We, have a, we had a, uh, a death in the family. Um, my wife's Mrs. Twelfth Man's uncle, Al, who was oh. a huge Giants fan who went to all the home games and would come over. I wrote about it a little bit in the Insider this week. He would come over for road games, and um, he, he would give us uh, – he would always bring over a, a bottle of usually vodka and uh, super sada and cheese in a container. <laughs> so he was awesome. And um, he would sit there. What's, with, what's super sada? 
<laughs> I said it for the non-Italian listening. What the hell? What the hell is supersonic? <laughs> so, anyway. Well, I'm sorry about that. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jerry, uh, tell Mrs. Twelfth uh, that I'm very sorry. I did not know that know that news. I'm a little pissed off at you. I'm going to text you now right after we get off this podcast. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he would sit and watch your games and uh, drink Canadian Club and water every week. And, you know, he was a typical Giant fan over the age of 80 where he knew the bad days were coming any minute. So even when they would win, he'd say, yeah, a little good, but what the hell are they going to do next week? <laughs> so yeah, anyway, right. crack me up. But anyway, um, I'll see you on the other side, Uncle Al. Uh, our next podcast will drop, like I said, later in the night at Thursday, uh, December 20th. We'll preview the Colts game, make our picks, and take your Twitter questions. Thanks for listening to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name is Jerry Foley. He's Chris Bizignano. And remember, guys, Sundays are giant days. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, everybody.